Section number 19 of Hinduism and Buddhism in Historical Sketch, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shashank Jakhmula. Hinduism and Buddhism in Historical Sketch, Volume 1 by Charles Eliot, The Origin of Evil. The reader will have gathered from what precedes that Hinduism has little room for the devil. Footnote 72 But all general statements about Hinduism are liable to exceptions. The evil spirit dosas described in the Markandeya Puran, chapter 50 and 51, comes very near the devil. End footnote Buddhism, being essentially an ethical system, recognizes the importance of the tempter or mara, but still, Mara is not an evil spirit who has spoiled a good world. In Hinduism, whether pantheistic or polytheistic, there is even less disposition to personify evil in one figure, and most Indian religious systems are disposed to think of the imperfections of the world as suffering rather than as sin. Yet the existence of evil is the chief reason for the existence of religion, at least of such religions as promise salvation, and the explanation of evil is the chief problem of all religions and philosophies, and the problem which they all alike are conspicuously unsuccessful in solving. I can assign no reason for rejecting as untenable the idea that the ultimate reality may be a duality, a good and an evil spirit, or even a plurality, but still it is unthinkable for me, and I believe for most minds. Footnote 73 I can understand that the immediate reality is a duality or plurality and that the one spirit may appear in many shapes. End footnote. If there are two ultimate beings, either they must be complementary and necessary one to the other, in which case it seems to me more correct to describe them as two aspects of one being, or if they are quite separate, my mind postulates, but I do not know why, a third being who is the cause of them both. The problem of evil is not quite the same for Indian and European pantheists. The European pantheists hold that since God is all things, or in all things, evil is only something viewed out of due perspective, that the world would be seen to be perfect if it could be seen as a whole, or that evil will be eliminated in the course of development. But he cannot explain why the partial view of the world which human beings are obliged to take shows the existence of obvious evil. The Hindus think that it is possible and better for the soul to leave the vain show of the world and find peace and union with God. They are therefore not concerned to prove that the world is good, although they cannot explain why God allows it to exist. The Upanishads contain some myths and parables about the introduction of evil but they do not say that a naturally good world was spoiled. Footnote 74. Example given. Chand Upanishad. 5.12. Bri Ar Upanishad. 1.3. In the Panchatantra, we do hear of a Jnana Brahmasa, or a fall from knowledge analogous to the fall of a man in Christian theology. Souls have naturally unlimited knowledge but this from some reason becomes limited and obscured, so that religion is necessary to show the soul the right way. Here the ground idea seems to be not that any devil has spoiled the world, but that ignorance is necessary for the world process, for otherwise mankind would be one with God 
and there would be no other world. See Schrader, Introduction to Panchatantra, pages 78 and 83. End footnote. They rather imply that increasing complexity involves the increase of evil as well as of good. This is also the ground thought of the Aganya Sutta, the Buddha's Genesis, the Gambra Nikai, 27. I think that the substance of much Indian pantheism, late Buddhist as well as Brahmanic, is that the world, the soul and God, the three terms being practically the same, have two modes of existence, one of repose and bliss, the other of struggle and trouble. Of these, the first mode is better, and it is only by mistake that the eternal spirit adopts the latter. The Sattapatha Brahmana has a curious legend, 11, 1, 6, 8 ff, in which the Creator admits that he made evil spirit by mistake and smites them. In the Karika of Gaudapada, 2, 19, it is actually said, Mahishya Tatsya Devasya Yaya Samohita Swayam. End footnote. But both the mistakes and the correction of it are being eternally repeated. Such a formulation of Advaita philosophy would no doubt be regarded in India as wholly unorthodox. Yet, orthodoxy admits that the existence of the world is due to coexistence of Maya, illusion, with Brahman, spirit, and also states that the task of the soul is to pass beyond Maya to Brahman. If this is so, there is either a real duality, Brahman and Maya, or else Maya is an aspect of Brahman, but an aspect which the soul should transcend and avoid, and for whose existence no reason whatever is given. The more theistic forms of Indian religion, whether Shaivite or Vaishnavite, tend to regard individual souls and matter as eternal. By the help of God, souls can obtain release from matter. But here again, there is no explanation why the soul is contaminated by matter or ignorance. It is clearly illogical to condemn the infinite as bad or a mistake. Buddhism is perhaps sometimes open to this charge because on account of its exceedingly cautious language about nirvana, it fails to set it up as a reality contrasted with the world of suffering. But many varieties of Indian religion do empathetically point to the infinite reality behind and beyond Maya. It is only Maya which is unsatisfactory because it is partial. Another attempt to make the universe intelligible regards it as an eternal rhythm playing and pulsing outward from spirit to matter, pravritti, and then backwards and inwards from matter to spirit, nirvritti. This idea seems implied by Sanskara's view that creation is similar to the sportive impulse of exuberant youth and the Bhagavad Gita is familiar with pravritti and nirvritti, but the double character of the rhythm is emphasized most clearly in Shakta treatises. Ordinary Hinduism concentrates its attention on the process of liberation and return to Brahman, but the Tantras recognize and consecrate both movements, the outward throbbing streams of energy and enjoyment, bhakti, and the calm returning flow of liberation and peace. Both are happiness, but the wise understand that the active outward movement is right and happy only up to a certain point and under certain restrictions. That great poet Tulsidas hints at an explanation of the creation or of God's expansion of himself which will perhaps commend itself to Europeans more than most Indian ideas, namely that the bliss enjoyed by God and the souls whom he loves is greater than the bliss of solitary divinity. 
Footnote 76. He does not say this expressly, and it requires careful statement in India, where it is held strongly that God being perfect cannot add to his bliss or perfection by creating anything. Compare Dante Paradiso 29.13.18 Non para ver si de bene questo, che essere non può, ma parque su esplendore, potisse resplendendo dir subsisto, in sua eterna di tempo fuori, for di ogni altro comprende, come piace, si asperse in nuovi amori eterno amore. End footnote. End of section 19.